All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles. The Hockey Outlaws Podcast with your hosts, Derek Nasty Sotomayor and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer, Riley Cote. As they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players, this week's guest is 16-year NHL veteran goalie and media personality, Marty Biron. Time to face off. Welcome back another episode of Nasty Knuckles. What's happening, Nasty? What's up, Rigorelia? Not a whole lot. It's a kick-ass jersey. What's oh, up? What, oh, what? This, this whole thing? As yeah. Loops would say? Joffrey Loopel? Nasty um, Knuckles selects. Oh, wow. Uh, you know how it goes. <laughs> now, uh, uh, we have Elvis's team. Um, we are in a tournament, and they wanted to be sponsored by nasty knuckles and we've had a few love other it. requests for the same things but with a little different color yeah um, i love it it's a good call i had to make my i had to make myself one even though i don't think they'll let me play with a six-year-old i would be sick though you i would be season nicely there probably you know? I, w- I would probably get a couple g notes yeah. but if you notice i had to oh of had course to throw the c on <laughs> but the, the the you know what's i i just did it like 
for fun. Like, obviously, I've never been a captain of a hockey team, but I'm like, now I have the jurors. But Elvis got pissed off. He He's, wants to be I a pull, I, yeah, I pulled them all out, checking the spellings and everything. You know, like I'm, I'm the I'm assistant coach slash equipment guy. Oh, yeah. For our for our team. Um, Jackie Moon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love GM, I just need a fro. Matter. I'm letting her. I'm letting her buck right now, though. I'm not, I'm not messing with it. And the girls put the sun in, in it. So it's oh. nice and orange. It's orange. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Look. Show the it's folks what you, what we're no, <laughs> no, we're not showing the folks right now. But no. Uh, so anyway, went with the jurors and uh, boy, boys are excited. Yeah, nice to, to sponsor it and uh, a team and hopefully they do well, man. Yeah, had a, had a good, good practice last night. I'll be. LV made a glove save. One little thing about my son. Sorry. Makes a glove save and he throws it to the side. He says, get that shit out of here. I said, yo, <laughs> yo, yo, yo. He's like, you say that the when birds. you block my shot in basketball. <laughs> you shouldn't be saying it, bro. And he's oh, like, I'm sorry. Classic. I'm sorry. Oh, was pretty he's funny. feeling it. He's feeling it. He, he was feeling it yesterday. He was, he was feeling it. But anyway, that's what this it. is all about. Yeah, it looks rad. Thanks, Good design, Nast. Oh, your wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the colors, too, except I'm not a big UNC fan, as everyone knows, but I just love blues. So, yeah. We went, well, I think the we white and black light. kind of separates it. And Yeah. Yeah. Almost a, a main, main yeah. bears feel to it. But uh, anyway, what do you cool. got going on, Riggs? Yeah, you know, just recovering from the weekend. Overeating oh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> undersleeping. I saw... I think people saw the little thing I put up. We're trying to wish a, trying to wish a happy Fourth of July to everyone. I'm like, yo, Riggs, right? Turn around. Didn't Dude. even make it to the fireworks. You, you didn't. You didn't see the fireworks. You didn't. I don't think you made it to seven ten p.m. You know, it doesn't get dark now. For That's we right. we knew you weren't going to make the fireworks. No, it's all right. No, I was uh, enjoying the, the the ninety degree day and the sun and. A little peace and quiet. So I'm wondering if you're enjoying happy poo. I'm wondering if you're enjoying something else as well. The way you look. Oh, definitely a little hurt. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I you, was definitely relaxed. You look. I, I was thinking you were on Pluto. You know, just thinking about things. But uh, anyway, no, I'm kidding. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's evolved, right. evolved into a nap and peace and quiet. So, gosh, it was uh, it was uh, well deserved. It well was. Earned. It was well was well earned. <laughs> Right on. What's going on? Uh, game five, you're nast. Yeah. Give us your predictions. Yes. Well, unlike you, who's Montreal, 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 I'm going with Tampa. I think Tampa is going to finish it out tonight. Um, <laughs> I know you're big on Montreal, what we were just talking about. And, you know, you're you really feeling the Habs. But uh, with the, the Frenchness in you, I get it. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm going to go with the Lightning. I think they finish it off tonight. Uh, I, I will say. I ho- I actually hope they don't because I want to I want more hockey obviously and I'd like to see a couple more games I think it gets more interesting if they're able to pull sure. one out. Um, now all of a sudden it's like oh boy but I'll tell you what man the Lightning have not lost consecutive games in the playoffs in two years bro fourteen and zero that's yeah, that's, that's crazy am- stuff that's amazing man that's amazing. yeah that is amazing um so yeah. if you're a, if you're you know if you're a betting man. I would say uh, I would go with Tampa, but I mean, anything can happen, right? Yeah. Well, I agree with you. Tampa is going to win tonight. Um, I was just rooting for Montreal just to 
just just inject some 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 spirit back into the the canadian culture (laughs) Uh, but uh, being realistic i mean tampa is gonna win there's no question yeah no i know i'm kidding too i I mean you definitely said lightning but i just wanted to yeah (laughs) (laughs) our boy patty maroon that'd be uh, an amazing amazing story just keep building off that um yeah, when he when he tied when he tied that game up, everybody yeah. talks about how slow he is. If you watch that goal, man, he yeah, beat everyone yeah. down the ice, man. Yeah, he did. He kept he kept those he kept big moving. legs. Yeah. He, the big rig. That's an eighteen wheeler coming at you, man. Yeah, that was uh, all coaching you know, from back in the Phantoms. Keep those feet I, moving, Patty. Yeah, keep those see? feet moving. See? It's too bad you you sent him home though. For fuck's yeah, sake. Right. <laughs> Kick him off the you, team. The highest scoring guy. Let's get rid of him. Oh, yeah. He goes on to win. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two, possibly three. three yeah. well, in a row. Three. In a row. Yeah. <laughs> in a row. But uh, what a play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that was a great pass. But him going to the him going to the net and uh, burying it, I'm like, ah, this is over. They might even score before they get to overtime at yeah, that right. point. I, I thought. But then a hell of a play. Josh Anderson. Yeah. Uh, Man, yeah. one-handed. When he threw that, he had forget who was on his back. Uh, it was Caulfield, right? Oh, well, no, he threw. Yeah, the the D man was on him. Oh, like, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, hugging him, yeah. and he one-handed it to the net. Caulfield got a piece of it, and then he jumped back. You know, a lot of times guys will just keep going the other way, but yeah. he jumped back and hell yeah, of a play, play, hell yeah. of a goal. So they yeah, live another up to day. Win. Yeah, they're set up yeah. to win, though. You know, like. Kucherov, I mean, what an amazing story he is, too. I mean, uh, to, to not play the regular season and to, to perform at that level is hard to believe. Really. Uh, uh, you're right. It's it's uh, someone said I heard someone say on TV, uh, you know, or maybe it was it could have been uh, our buddy uh, Wit. Uh, someone said anyway that, you know, he didn't play all year and then and someone came back with, well, he practiced for a month with the best team in the, in the world. So maybe, <laughs> but, but still, we all know practice and games is different. Oh and yeah. Even the first, the first game of the playoffs, what do you have four points that night or something? Three, three or four points. He just made it look like, you know, Oh, okay. I'll yeah, just jump insane. in here on, on nasties, uh, on the, on Natty light yeah, right. men's league team and just, <laughs> just jump in and play and made it. He almost made it. I know it's not that easy, obviously, but he sure as hell made it look that way. Yeah, um, and the pace buckets. from like you know regular season yeah. to to playoffs is, is is a big difference. To, to just to yeah. miss that whole progression and jump right in to play at that level is uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. remarkable, honestly. And leading the it playoffs and in, in points is yeah. And he, <laughs> not he's a, he, he's not a huge guy either. No. Um, obviously, I've seen him a bunch of times, but he doesn't play soft. I mean, he you know he takes his lumps. He gets in there, and, but man, the hands and oh god. Yeah, he's he he's uh he's a dirty player. That's for sure, man. Can't teach that. Mm-mm. That is uh, only if you come to nasty skills camp. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that, that is <laughs> I'll uh, chop that thing right up for you. Yeah, something special. All right, Nas, let's jump into episode 31 with Marty Mar, Marty Biron, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. 
That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. Bet $1. And if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KNUCKLES when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code KNUCKLES for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and PA only, new customers only, wager paid out in site credits, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let's go. Knuckles, the Suns, game two. Beauty. putting it out there for you. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. I'm Riley Cote. I'm Derek Suttlemeyer, and this week we're so happy to have our good friend, former goaltender here in Philadelphia, a fan favorite, number 43, Marty Marr, Mart Biron. What's up, brother? Uh, I'm so happy to see you guys. I was so happy to run into you at the golf tournament, Riles, and uh, yeah, you man. look good, man, and nasty. Uh, it's been a while. It's, I think last time I saw you was at the alumni camp, but uh, a couple of years, but I can't wait to see you in real life, too. Yeah, I know. It'd be nice. I, I was just saying, I wish uh, if I'd known you were at the golf, I would have I would have come over just to say hello and talk to you, buddy. Uh, Missed you, man. Been, it would have been good. And you know what's so funny is you you start to think like, man, my, my two years, like two plus years in Philly were 2007, 8, 2008, 9, right? It's already been 14 years yeah, when I came crazy. into Philadelphia. Unreal. That's that's crazy to think. It, it, it yeah. really is. It, it's like you look, it just seems like, Oh, a few years ago, Marty was here, yeah. but then it's like, wait a minute. That was actually a while back. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you count all the goalies that have been there since I was there, that's a hey, way while back. <laughs> hey, bro, it, a couple of years ago, we had nine in one season. Yeah. So you got like, that's, that's off the charts, but you're right, man. But uh, it's great to see you. And we really appreciate you coming on, man. What are you, what, what are you up to these days, bro? Uh, busy now because the season's still not over. So I'm doing some playoff coverage a little bit here and there, radio and TV and whatnot. Uh, you know, mostly TV in Canada. I've got a radio show here in Buffalo that I, I do a couple times a week. It's a radio show with Andrew Peters and Craig Rive. They go on full five days from 10 to noon. Uh, but I do a couple of days a week just to keep them in the straight and narrow. Like they yeah. go out in these uh, <laughs> sideway roads all the time and I come on and I send them back the right direction. So that's I, good. Uh, and during the year, um, I do a lot of Sabres TV. So I'm a studio guy. So uh, kind of like what Hartnell does with the Flyers and, yeah. you know, those guys. So um, I do that here in Buffalo. So last year did, you know, all the games and it gets busy and, and I chase my four kids around. I, I mean, uh, I, I was telling uh, the guys I played golf with on Monday, uh, a funny story about my kid, like Jacob was probably four years old. He's born in 04, right? So he's right. four years old walking around the locker room. And he's uh -huh. out there. He goes, hey, hey, Carter, Carter, nice goal today, Carter. Hey, Richard, uh, good job today. And then he <laughs> yeah. goes to Riles. He goes, hey, Cote, why don't you score? Like, you never <laughs> score. And I'm like, 
back away from the bulldog over there. Like, come on. So. Well, he's right. But now he's, he, yeah, well, he was maybe right, but that's not your job. But anyway, uh, he's, uh, he's now going to be 17 in July. Oh my God. And my girls are 15, 13, Same. and 11. So it's busy. It's Ooh. really busy. Wow, and man. you want to hear something? And I was just going to say that makes me really feel old because I remember yeah. the little fella. And, you know, it's funny when I think about you, I'm like, oh, yeah, your boy. But he's not four anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I would even I would probably wouldn't even recognize him. But uh, he's and me, nasty. He's he's an inch and a half almost taller oh than me. Wow. He's a goalie, too. Yeah, so I remember I, you telling me he's I wasn't goal. able to get him away from playing the position. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty it's busy. Curse. And <laughs> yeah, I know the curse. Right. I mean, most, most I remember Danny Briere telling me a story as one kid said, Dad, I want to be a goalie. So Danny said, let's go to the basement. Let's see if you like it. And he goes, I didn't want him to be a goalie. So I just shot pucks as hard as I could. And then he, I, I scored like a hundred goals and he says, yeah, I don't want to be a goalie. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, right. That's the way to do it. Well, you know what, you know, what's funny. You say that Marty, uh, a couple of years ago, Elvis, you know, a lot of kids just like the gear. They think it's cool. Yeah. They want to try it. Elvis is playing goalie now as well. And, uh, he was just goofing off with it a couple of years ago. He was only four. And Hexy, I showed Hexy a little video. He was still, he was GM of the Flyers. And he goes, Deke, he calls me Deke. He's like, get him out of there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I said, listen to you, you're a goalie. He goes, no, no, no. I gave my card away. I'm, I'm not a goal. I'm like, yeah. Hexy, you're, he goes, those guys are nuts. I said, coming from the number one nut that yeah. played the position, <laughs> maybe, maybe Billy Smith. It's a, it's a toss up. But anyway, he goes, I'll tell you what you do, Deke. He goes, get him in there and shoot some balls, shoot, shoot those little orange hockey balls at him and hit him right in the forehead. He'll never play again. <laughs> yeah, and I said, I said, Hexy, he's four. And he goes, yeah. yeah. And he'll remember and he will not play. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't hit him hard uh, enough. He's still in the pipes. Yeah, yeah right. And, and uh, but to, to your other point there, you're 17 years old, but, uh, my daughters are 23 and 21. I know. <laughs> I know. I used to say, you know, they were. Yeah, that's they were, you know, seven, eight yeah. at the time, right? Yeah. I, they, uh, yeah, so that's it's crazy to think. And, and I look back at those two years in Philly, especially when the playoffs come around. That was my only time I got to play playoff hockey for me as a number one goaltender. Yeah, those two years, the first year going to the conference finals. Um, you know, Montreal now is in the Stanley Cup final, but I'm like, man, Montreal was so fun. We beat Montreal in the second round that That's year right. in 08, right? And we used to go on on the patios on the off days and yeah. like, it was fun. The, the yeah. building awesome. in Philly was fun. So, so whenever playoffs come around, whenever, you know, I, I cover a game where the Sabres play the Flyers or I'm watching the Flyers on TV, like all these memories come back and the guys that I played with and yeah, uh, it's definitely a lot, of, a lot of good memories. We, we, we talked about that. That with a few guys uh that run you're talking about because we the year before well we got you at the deadline uh, i remember the trade and we were able to get you which was awesome and then a few pieces and then we get chemo and, and scotty hartnell and uh next thing you know we're in a conference final unfortunately that year we had a lot of injuries yeah i don't know if you remember chemo was out braden cobert took a puck to the face i think carter broke his foot i i, I feel like gags was hurt too but I mean, I think gags had the concussions or yeah, something. So, yeah. I mean, you know, should have, could have, would have, there's yeah. always those things, but it was a great year. And you're right. It was so much fun going from the worst team in Flyers history the year before. But even when you came that year, we started having fun because you could see 
the, I don't want to say the culture, the culture was never bad. It's just that it was changing. Like the chemistry was different. Like I remember study Upshaw came in from Nashville and then I came in and Kobe came in and there were still some older guys and and guys that I knew that I like, like Jeff Sanderson was there. Like Sandy was was not going to stick with the team, but the Sandman, I knew him and he was a great guy. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So it was, um, yeah, the chemistry was starting to, to, to get to, to, to really form and build and, and uh, I mean, Riles, remember like those dinners in Montreal, we would all go out to dinner oh, yeah. the night before the game and the team would Beautiful. just stay there yep. forever. Like yep. we would show up at five, six o'clock and stay in there until 10, 30, 11, when it was like, <laughs> okay, we got to go to bed. Probably like we just go. hung yeah. out together. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. awesome. It was an amazing it was. time. It was, it was, that was a great, it was a great time. Great time, man. Hey Marty, I gotta I gotta ask you since you're you're doing all the Buffalo stuff now, like what the hell yeah. is going on with that organization? You got you gotta talk, you gotta give me some insight. I know you got you gotta be careful, probably. <laughs> you gotta be careful, but there's gotta be something. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, you know, like the Terran Kimpagula, uh, they have done so much for the city, the Sabres organization, the Bills organization, and they got a recipe that worked with the Bills. Is they tried a few different ways. And they got, and then they got Sean McDermott, who's the coach. And then they got uh, Brendan Bean, who's the general manager. And they really changed the whole attitude of the organization, the whole culture of the organization. And we talked about culture chemistry. Like they really went after some great quality cultured guys. And it started with some of the veterans, but then they have Josh Allen and they brought in Stefan Diggs and it really changed the way the team was. So I think the Sabres are trying to do a little bit of the same thing now with building the organization. So they've tried a couple of different general manager and it didn't really work the way they wanted to. They've tried different coaches. It didn't work. And then last summer they said, we need a guy that we trust somebody that we've, we've known for a while now. And we know that he's going to build that same culture and Kevin Adams, which I had worked with for many years here with the, uh, we, we, we started this Academy of hockey and it was through the, the Pagula umbrella, but you know, we developed a lot of young players and we were on the ice and the work ethic and, and all of that. And that was successful. And then they put the Junior Sabres organization together and that was successful. And it was all Kevin kind of building the pieces. And I think they realized, they said, hey, you know what? We don't have to look too far. This is the guy we totally have confidence in. He's achieved and overachieved and, and met beyond our expectation every step and every time we've given him a, uh, you know, a role. And let's, let's take a look at what Kevin can do. And last year, he had some tough decisions to make. You know, firing Ralph Kruger was not easy. And first time general manager, and you got to look somebody yeah. in the eye, you got to say, sorry, right. but uh, you're out, right? That's not easy to do. And he waited as, until he, he thought that was the right time. Um, but I think that they have turned that page now and I think they're moving forward. So there's still yeah. some questions and yeah. you know, what's going to happen with Jai Keichel and are they trading yeah. him or not? And Sam Reinhardt and Rasmus Ristolainen and all of that, right? They just figured out the coach. They announced the coach yesterday and that was great. Don Granado is an yeah. unbelievable hockey man. I love him and he did great. So I, I do believe it's going the right direction, but you know, the fan base in Buffalo and you guys know, like it's very similar to Philadelphia is they're passionate and they yeah. love the team when you don't make the playoffs 10 straight years. Yeah. I mean, that, that weighs on you. So I think Kevin Adams didn't matter what, it doesn't matter what he does, do, what he's going to do right now. If he depict another coach 
Some people would have loved it. Some people would have criticized it. He does yeah. some things. It's always going to be like that yeah, until they start winning consistently. Then the fan base is going to be behind him. But I think he's going to do a great job. Good. I hope so, man. Because you know what? It's it's uh, it's a great place. With you know, I'm speaking by on like the way I felt every time I go into Buffalo. Always a packed house. The yep. fans are passionate. It's always a good game. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just it's a it's a great hockey place, and I, it sucks seeing everything the way it is right now. You know, like. You get a player, I know like, I think of you nasty and I, I think of like all the trainers and equipment guys and athletic trainers and all of that. Like, you know, the guys in Buffalo, like yep. George Babcock's yep. been there forever. Right. Yes. And Dave Williams has been there for a long time. And, and those guys, like you want the team to do well because they're great people and they yes. work so hard. It's not just the players and the coaches right. and the fans It's the behind the scenes, those guys, like they, yeah. they deserve it as much as anybody else. So, I mean, I'll, right. I'll tell you, you, you know me, Marty, obviously Riggs, like I, every year that we wouldn't make the playoffs, I, 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 I couldn't stand it. Like it just yeah, kills you. I, I obviously I, I'm not a player, but the reason on that side of things, you're working so hard is you want everything to go be right for you guys to, to be there, to make you comfortable and ready to play. And you want to be in the playoffs. There's nothing like, even though like I wouldn't be playing being on the bench in the playoffs, it's just like a different animal. Yeah. You're it's just a different like, energy. You know, it's, it's so play much for. fun. It is. It's it's what you work for and what yeah. you guys play for. You know, like plus, so. Plus, the tips are way better when the teams, <laughs> yeah. they are yeah. way yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. That is a true. That is a good point. But uh, I hope they get it turned around, man. Because, like I said, I, I I'm not just saying that because you're with us, but I, I do hope that they get it turned around because. Well, this it's year a, was weird. Like the division was weird because Buffalo now was playing with these eight, uh, seven other teams in that division. Right now. now next year they move to their regular division. So you've got Toronto, you got Tampa, you got Florida, you got Boston, you got Montreal. I'm like, holy <laughs> yeah. crap, like that is a tough division. Ottawa's better than it, it they were. So it is a tough division. So I, I don't know that it's like, oh, playoffs next year. But I think taking a step forward, we haven't seen the team take a step forward in now a few years. And it was always yeah. like, they're ready for it. Just taking that step forward, it makes my job a lot easier, man. And when I we have 82 games to do, yeah, and at least there's positive signs, and you can talk about certain players. But I mean, they lost 18, I think, in a row this year. Was it 18 or 13 or whatnot? No, it was 17 or 18. It yeah, it was. There was a few uh, overtime and shootout losses in there, yeah. so it wasn't regulation losses, but. I mean, that's hard coming on on TV at seven o'clock the next day for a seven thirty game. And you're like, Hey, welcome to Sabres yeah. game. Yo, Sabres are, let's get fired up boys. <laughs> Big game tonight. It's not easy. No, I, yeah, I, right. I can imagine. Yeah, is it, is sure, it safe man. to say that uh, Matthias Samuelson, uh, Shell Samuelson's son will, will, will make the team next year? I like him a lot. Yeah, and I was so happy when they called him up. Yeah. Uh, played extremely well. Now he had his ups and downs in his first year in the National Hockey League, but his, his, his simple game, I think, is, is the key for him. He's a big body. He, he looks like a man. Like We he interviewed does. him and he talks and looks like yeah. a man. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, and, uh, and he understands the game too. I mean, obviously, he comes from that family and Shell yeah. probably has talked to him about what he needs to do and how he needs to do it, but I would I would definitely have him in my top six next year. They need some adjustment. Like 
who knows if Rasmus Restalainen is going to come back. But what they have right now, Dallin played so much better in the second half under Granado, and he's an unbelievable talent. So if Dallin is is yeah, there he, and he plays is, well, they have a kid named Henry Yokiaru they got from Chicago in a trade when they traded Alex Nylander. He had a great second half as well. So I'm like, these two are young and and really skilled and that 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 up and down game that you see some of the, the, the top defensemen doing right now. Uh, they're great. And then you have a guy like Will Borgen. People don't really know him, but he's physical. You got Matthias Semelson, who's physical. Um, I think there's a good young mix there and I want them to have that core of defense for three, four, five years. And that's going to be really, really good. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pulling for it, man. Yeah, I really too. am. And like you said, Willie and, and uh, George and Keith works there to help take yep. care of the visitors, man. He's a great guy. Like, I, I love those dudes. It's, I, I don't know only... if I could say this story, but you guys you probably, uh, I mean, George, the trainer in Buffalo, the equipment <laughs> guy in Buffalo, we went to a baseball game at uh, Citizen Bank uh, Park one year. You know, just, I don't know if it was playoffs or if it was, you know, like the end of the hockey season and the Phillies, Phillies were starting. Anyway, we, we show up to a Phillies game and Georgie did something somehow. He got Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> and, Rouse, uh, he, Rouse, he could be a guest on here. Like this oh, guy. There, bring him on. One, there stories. are one million stories about Georgie. Anyway, and all sorry. of a sudden we saw like security people running around, right? <laughs> Have you seen this little guy with glasses, spiked yellow Spike hair? hair. <laughs> we're like, no, and we, we didn't even know George was at the game. And we're like, that's George. That's like, that's him. Like, they're looking for him. So. What the fuck did he do? Do you even I know? I think he, 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 he jumped over the rail. And he was kind of hanging like his feet over the rail. And he was like, oh, I'm going to fall. But he pulled himself back up. And he was fine. And they were like, no, that's not. You can't do that. I was like, oh, my gosh, George. Hey, right. This is the guy that one year at Madison Square Garden, the circus was in town. And they unloaded the bags and, you know, Derek would tell you, like, they come in and they unload sometimes at two, three in the morning and he's tired and he looks over and there's one of those little mini bikes, like mini motorbikes, right? And he's like, oh, let me see if this thing starts. So he kickstarts it and then he's riding through Madison Square Garden on this mini bike, right? At 3 a.m. Roger, I got to show you a picture of him. Just make it better if you know what he looks like. He looks like Dennis the Menace a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. he's had, Um, I've known him. I met him in 1994, and he's had the same spiked hair. It's he's lost some of it, but it's still spiked. Yep. Uh, he's just the funniest dude, nicest guy. Works his bag off. Uh, great, great guy. But it's funny. The first time I met him, before I knew him, uh, Buffalo came into Philly, and I had to travel with the Flyers. So when they came in, he he got picked up by another person that was working with us. And that guy didn't give all the supplies that they were supposed to. So I guess George, he's losing his mind. So I come walking in. It's the first time I ever walked into Hollydale because they were over at a practice rink over in Sewell. And uh, I didn't know George. Um, I think I knew for I knew Rip because I'd Rip. met Rip the year before at pizza. Uh, my man, yep. pizza. got some great pizza stories. I'm sure you do too. But uh, anyway, I go walking in. And I had my flyer shirt on, I guess. And, and George looks at me, doesn't know me. He goes, yo, man, what the fuck? And I'm like, <laughs> like, fuck, who is this clown? He's got these big glasses on his hair. Is, he looks like, like he's 12. Yeah, he <laughs> like looked like, like he was fucking, boy. yeah, like 12 years old, 
skinny little guy. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? He goes, where the fuck are all the toilet? Where's all this and that? And I'm like, I, I just got here, man. I, he, the, the other guy was supposed to have everything here. Well, it's not here, man. And I'm like, well, fuck, saddle down, buddy. And so we're like face to face. We're getting ready to fight. I don't even know him. So I think Ripper comes in. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, and he, like we introduce him. And we kind of start laughing about it. So every time I ever see George, we're always like, and then he, he pulls it. He had his own jersey. He had a game jersey with it with Babcock on the back. <laughs> yeah. He goes, yeah. get your jersey. We'll chuck them later. You know, and I'm like, no, George, I, I don't want to chuck them, man. But <laughs> great guy, though. Just funny. Funny. Been 0 5, Nass. You've been 0 5. Oh, dude. I, I, 5 and 1. 0 5 and 1. I got a yeah. tie. I have one tie. <laughs> Who'd you tie? Uh, some kid in high school. He jumped oh, me, okay. though. I should get the win because I got jumped, but. I, I gave myself a tie because I landed one punch. I couldn't see out of my eye for a week, but it's, it doesn't well, matter. I, it's better than me. I'm 0-1, so I didn't even well, get a tie. Well, you fought Ray. But, yeah, yeah, I know. I fought <laughs> Ray. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing, Marty? I think we talked about this before, but what were you doing? <laughs> why in the world? Um, well, why in the world? Your reach. Because your reach, right? Listen, your reach. I, you, know, you guys know me. I'll do everything and anything for my team, my teammates. Yeah. Like, I'm a part of the boys. And I always dreamed of, of having a fight. And Rouse, you're gonna say you're nuts. Like you fought <laughs> enough to say like nobody should ever like dream of getting a fight. Like you know, especially against a really tough guy. But I always thought like I had seen Felix Podvin and Ron Extall back in the days, and little Felix Podvin bloody drawn x doll and i'm like that's gonna be with me one day i'm gonna get a lucky punch and i'm gonna come out on top right against a tough guy <laughs> so the whole thing happened in buffalo and chris neal hits chris drury and you know lindy ruff puts uh, the tough guys on the ice and uh brian murray puts you know jason spezza danny Aitley, and mike comery on the ice and i'm like well this is happening like these guys <laughs> yeah. don't know but it's happening so the puck drops and I look at Ray at the other end, Ray Emery, and he comes to center ice and we squaring off and I tried to grab him and I did not grab his arm. And all of a sudden it's come in from left. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm diving out of the way. He didn't hit me hard or just in the back of the head. And then we fell down. And then when we got back up, we're like, let's do it again. And then all of a sudden he looked over and he saw Andrew Peters and he's like, Marty, I, I'm done with you. I'm yeah. going to fight the big <laughs> you, you, you were the appetizer. I was there. Exactly. You just get warmed up. Very much the undercard. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, hey, he, uh, yeah, credit though for, for, for doing it, man. Yeah, uh, man. But it was, oh, and then I got fight. kicked out of the game. And then I went oh, to the, the locker room you, and ate, ate pizzas and chicken wings. Oh, I mean, I thought, oh, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, what's funny is that was my last game in Buffalo. Oh, I, was a it? week later i got traded to philadelphia oh, that was no like that was my last game in buffalo i did not know that yeah know so that. uh that was a good yeah, one so at least like I, i'm over one i always yeah, wanted yeah. to get another fight so i could get up to 500 <laughs> one and one but i never did so <laughs> i'd probably be 0 for two uh, the way that I, at six to 170 pounds in the days i probably would have been 0 for two well that's a great point your weight there riles you had a question but yeah, Marty Marr. <laughs> I was going to ask you uh, when, when you were drafted in 95, what you weighed in at. So I probably was about 150 pounds, but on the, the board, when I got drafted, right, you get drafted and they put your name and your bio on the board. It said six to 142. <laughs> and uh, so there's a clip online on, tw on Twitter, on YouTube or something about when I get drafted. And uh, the, the analyst goes, oh, it's 6'2", 142. Uh, 
he's going to have to gain a little bit of weight because uh, you turn him <laughs> sideways and you can see the net. Like he doesn't cover a lot of net. But uh, yeah, I, and that summer, Buffalo brought us in to train, right? And they put us in, in apartments. And I was with uh, guys like Roman and Durr, uh, Jean-Luc oh. Grandpierre, Denis Hamel. Big boys. Uh, we had some big boys. And these guys could eat, right? They could eat. And they're like making like triple parm spaghetti, whatever, <laughs> right? So I'm eating all kinds of stuff. I probably gained like 10 pounds, 15 pounds that first summer. So I was up to 160, 165. A few years later, yeah, I probably played at about 175. My last couple of years in, in New York, I was 183, 184. And now I'm like, I got to get myself under 200. I'm 202. And oh, I'm, yeah. yeah wow. you're too, you don't look like it. I'm a skinny fat guy. That's oh, what okay. it is. I'm oh, literally okay. a skinny fat guy. But I got to get myself um, back under because the suits are starting to get a little tight for TV. Oh. Like, you guys don't see it, but that hey, button is going to pop. Yeah, it's right? popping. So. You, hey, man, you got to look sharp on there, Marty Mar. You're, yeah. you're on big time TV. I, I was, do, right? I I was telling Riley way before I knew you, I'll never forget this. And I think I probably told you this when, when we finally met, but I was with the Phantoms and you were your first year. You were in yeah. Rochester and you guys would go on the ice first, obviously, but it was, it was early. And um, I just happened to walk out to the bench, look around. I think they had redone part of the building or something. I can't remember why I was so anxious to get out there, but I went out there and there's this tall kid, Looked like he weighed 120 pounds. He's stick handling his flip flops and his long underwear. And I was like, oh. so I was one of the coach's kids or something, you know. And I, so I go down and I said, uh, I guess Will, I think Willie would have Willie been was there. the Will, uh, trainer there. Yeah. yeah so Will, it was Willie. And, and uh, I said, uh, who's, who's kids out there? And he goes, that's our starting goalie. And I said, <laughs> Fuck off at your start. Go see what's he weigh? 110 pounds. I said, fuck. I said, he's tall, but he goes, no, no, that's Marty Biron. That's our goalie. And then he gets out. Marty gets out there because he cheated. But you're not cheating. You're not trying. So what guys take it up the whole net. Rig. Illegal, I'm like, that is, gear? Not the guy. that is not the guy that was stick handling. He's like, my, that's him. <laughs> my first year in Rochester, we took, you know, like the cuff of a player's glove. We yeah. cut it out of the gloves and we sewed it between the elbow and the shoulder. So I had a wing over here, <laughs> over my shoulder. Yeah. And literally like pucks would come in I'd make the save and the puck would get stop and stay right between where my numbers is on the sleeve like it's get stuck in my gear the referees have to come in and pull it out of my jersey because it gets <laughs> yeah. stuck there i cheated a little bit at the time hey. that well remember dave dryden was the nhl goalie guy at the time yeah he came to buffalo and told me to take my jersey off during training camp and he took pictures and he sent it to the whole league and basically it was like this is what not to do like these are illegal <laughs> these pants are illegal this is i was so I had oh. to shrink my gear. So I had to gain a few pounds after that. Well, it was funny. I remember That's when the, the, day, the day you showed up uh, going through your gear, look at, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, Marty, like, Marty, you need new pants. Oh, no, no. I've had these riles, these pants. You should have seen these things. I was like, dude, come on. Don't you want new pants? No, I finished my career with those. You know? I, I thought you did. I, I, I thought you had, because I remember a few times when we would play you guys, I would like sneak in there and have a look. See, I'm like, he's still got these fucking pants, man. They were, they were, there was nothing left to them. Oh. They were basically a bag of air, but I, they felt so comfortable. Now, when I retired, I put my gear in the garage 
And let, let's see, six months later, right? Like I have an outdoor garage, so it's kind of like on its own. Six months later, I'm like, ah, the, I need gear to go play a game or whatever. I, put, I opened it and then there's like a couple little baby mice that walked out of there and my <laughs> pants were all chewed up. I <laughs> took all the bag and I threw it in the garbage. I was like, the only thing I saved literally are my skates because I played my it. whole career with those, those skates. So I saved my skates. I still have them. I don't wear them anymore, but I got rid of everything else. It was all chewed through. You know, it is. listen, you could, wow. you could be it down at the other end of the hallway, Riles, and you know this and you hear, this guy put two rolls of tape, plastic tape around his ankles. You, Francis Lassard, it must be a French oh, thing, yeah. right? Because Frankie did the same damn thing. But it took Marty half hour to get undressed afterwards just to just to get the tape off. Remember the big ball? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, oh my God. I used to love it. I was like, oh my God. Why don't you just try new skates? He's not. These are like slippers. Like well, slippers. you talk about weight and stuff for us. So I, we were talking during the golf tournament. And then I, you know, you, I don't know if I saw you and the guys are like, who's that? I'm like, oh, that's Riley Cote. And I'm like, you know, he looks great, looks fit and all that. And then they pulled a picture of you when you were with the oh. Phantoms and you won the Calder Cup. You were like, what did you weigh like your third when you guys won the Calder Cup with the Phantoms? You had to be like was 25 pounds. Yeah, 215, yeah. 220, somewhere in there. Yeah. So we, we kind of flip-flopped Marty Marr, you know. I, I'm like I, I, barely yeah. a buck 80, and, you know, and, and now and, and, and you're, he you're doesn't in your eat, Marty, he eats like a damn bird. He eats like kale and and. Well, like yeah, but that's the healthy leaves, stuff, and that's what we should be from doing. the yard. He leaves from the yard and berries he sees. He'll just pick them and eat them. And, no. Yeah, but then, like, did you like, and I know like for me, it was hard to put on weight and just because of how I was, but like you were so, I remember still coming into the locker room my first time and you'd walk around and you were like tatted up and you were like, you were huge. And I was like, oh boy, this guy is <laughs> like, I don't want to get on this bad side. So like, I was, was too big. did I was you that? Well, I don't want to say you're fat. You were, you were massive. Like you were a thick human <laughs> being, big. but did you like, was it easy for you to put on that muscle weight or is it, was it hard? Yeah. You take a needle and you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it certainly required a lot of work between a lot of heavy lifting, which wasn't very functional as a hockey player. And then a lot of eating, man. I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you how many calories a day I was eating, but it was just like more, 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 you know, I'm fighting guys like, you know, PD and Brash and LaRock and these guys. I mean, in my yeah. mind, I just felt like I had to be like this, this certain size. And, you know, I'm not sure if it necessarily helped me as a fighter or a hockey player, but, you know, in my mind is what I had to do. So, yeah. Uh, One of those I mean, things, I, man. Yeah, just uh, it was old school, a little bit old school still back then. There were still a bunch of guys floating around. Yep. I, I didn't know any better, man. I was just trying to, you know, live my childhood dream and play and, you know, do, do, do the whole thing the old-fashioned way. But I look back and, man, geez, I'm like – I was a fat ass. My face was like this, my neck. And this, like. I, I honestly, you say that all the time, but like, I don't, you didn't look fat, dude. No. Like, you were like, you're thick. Homer called you're me fat one day. Thick. Yeah, Homer muscle did? thick. Yeah, one, day, yeah one, <clears throat> one time in the off season, you walked in and I was changing after I'd worked out, and he's like, He's like, oh, Riley, you're looking a little fat. And I, thought he, I always thought he was joking until Lavi, you know, uh, Johnny got fired, Lavi came in. And then I had like a heart to heart with Lavi about becoming lean. And I'm like, am I not lean? <laughs> and I'm like, you're also fighting guys that weigh the rock that weighs 265. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't fight him at 190, man. <laughs> like, no, no. My face. Those, those tough guys too. were big back they then. Were like, they oh, were big, huge. big. Yeah. 
God. Hey, Marty, I was going to ask you. To, I don't know if you remember yeah. this. Uh, it was uh, the, it was actually like my first eight games with the Flyers that I called up from from the Phantoms, and uh, it was the last game of the season, and we were playing Buffalo. Yep. At Buffalo, uh, you know, I lined up with with Petey. It was like an NBC game, or whatever. And I'm like, Petey, man, like, just you, you got to give me one. Like, yeah, I thought, you know, Petey for sure. He's gamer with the yeah. whole bit. He's like, yeah, sure. And, and puck drops, and I just yard sale the one glove, yard sale the other yeah. glove, and then Petey <gasps> just disappears on me. And I'm just like, they're standing there, with <laughs> gloves on. I'm like picking my shit up. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I think we're going to the playoffs then. I think it was last, maybe one of the they, last They times. had won the president's trophy. Yeah, and they, right. So, and I know, like, I know PD really, I talk to him almost every day. Of and course. We, we do, work yeah. together, right? So, but I'll let, I'll tell him, like, hey, Ryle still remember that, that time <laughs> where you, like, <laughs> totally, like, stood him up on the, uh, uh, on the ice. But, so, here's what happened. Like, PD is that type of guy where he, he was told, and, like, some of the top guys weren't playing. Like, you're going to get a chance to play 12, 13, 14 minutes. Like, yeah. don't mess it up. So he's like, uh-uh, I'm not missing this. This is my one <laughs> time to play him, like over 10 minutes, right? But I do remember we beat them that day. So it worked out to our advantage that yeah, Petey yeah. was on the ice he for 12 minutes. on the ice that long. We <laughs> took advantage <laughs> yeah, of that. Right. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah, it was just a selfish perspective, you know, for for me. It was just like I just wanted to get a, you know, I just wanted to get a tilt at home you know, against a legitimate tough guy, you know, and it was just one of those things. But it was just funny. It was etched in my memory because I was just like, I don't even know how I, I didn't get a sportsman like penalty for yeah. <laughs> it was just the yard sale Taking that I around trying to get your stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, well, I, I know that. I know that that year, so I get traded to Philly. You guys are in Long Island playing the Islanders, but you're going to Boston. So I went straight to Boston. And uh, so the next day we play Boston. So I'm like, hey, I'm a new guy. So I got to put money on the board, right? My first game. So I'm looking around. I think I put like 1500 bucks on the board or whatnot for the win. Scotty Opshaw does the Forsberg one hand in overtime on Tim Thomas in Boston. Like he came in on the break. Oh, yeah, away, yeah. One hander. That's right. And scored. So I'm like, there it goes 15 hundo. Like, <laughs> right the check. Here we go. Just then like we that. go to Philly. Well, now it's the first game at home, right? So 1500 on the board. Boom. We win that game too. And then last game of the season, it's your former team. So I'm like, 1500 on the board. <laughs> Boom. We won again. So. 4500 like later 4500 <laughs> later right it's like man like if i put 1500 on every time like we're going to win but i won't have any money left so <laughs> that's oh classic. my god that's great i didn't even think about that that's that's awesome I, I, I think I may have put a little bit for the trainers the last time because I'm like, you guys are not getting all my money. Somebody else is getting <laughs> some, but that's just the way it is. That's <laughs> awesome. I appreciate it, Martin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. We all, we all, we all get some good times sure. with that money, Marty. Some yeah. good parties. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of parties. Uh, and, and it's funny enough, I was talking to some of the alumni, like uh, like LeClaire and Recky were there at the golf tournament. and. And uh, they're like, oh, I remember that one year-end party in Atlantic City? And I thought, like, that was new. When I got to Philly, the guys are like, we're going to Atlantic City. No, they used to do that all the time. Like, every generation of Flyers (laughs) at the end of the year head down to Atlantic City and let's have a party, right? So that's where all the money went to. And we had some good ones, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, there were some good nights there. That's for sure, man. (laughs) I was, yeah. I found some pictures, Marty. I got it. I may have sent a couple of them to you from Claude Giroux's rookie party. What a crew we had there. It was in Miami and I've got a great picture of 
Yeah. Of you and Aaron Asham. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I remember that and one. unfortunately, Ash doesn't have a shirt on. <laughs> it, it happened a lot with Ash. The shirt yeah. uh, came off pretty easily. Um, now you oh, talk about, and I, okay, so I don't know if we got to, but Claude Giroux may have had the worst first NHL road trip in, in the history oh, of the Oh, I league. remember that. <laughs> yes. We went uh, Chicago, Columbus, and then uh, Vancouver, and then Anaheim. Yep. That whole road trip could have been, personally, the worst <laughs> NHL road trip in the history of the league. Uh, but, kid, but, eh? but he recovered. Eh? He did. He yeah, recovered. He did. <laughs> He recovered. He did. Oh man, he did have a tough, tough few days there. <laughs> uh, I had a tough day, a few days too, because me and Briere got called in from Johnny Stevens' little office in uh, in Anaheim. Uh, maybe not even Anaheim before that. And he's like, they're like, okay, you guys need to take care of G. He's a young guy. It's his first time on the road. Like, you need to show him the ropes and make sure he gets to the meetings on time and the buses and the. And all of that. We're like, don't worry, don't worry. It's not going to happen again. And sure enough, it's New Year's Eve and it's in Anaheim. And, you know, we decide to go out and, yeah. you know, the shit hit the fan, it literally. Did. Did. And uh, then we, me and Danny got in trouble the next day again. Like, it, oh, because of G. I never got in trouble. But because of G, I got in trouble. So He owes you, man. He owes, he owes me big time. We tried to, uh, we, we won't tell what happened. It wasn't even that bad. It's actually funny, but he, he we had him on and he was just like, ah, oh, let's, let's not, let's not talk about that. So <laughs> it was, I said, dude, that's a hilarious story. But uh, anyway, we'll keep, it's people, a, it's we'll a keep great them story. guessing. We'll keep them guessing. Um, and nothing bad happened. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Um, it wasn't anything bad. And it uh, somehow Corey Perry got involved into that whole conversation yes, as he well. Did. And the guy's <laughs> still playing. I can't and believe it. But anyway. <laughs> He's still playing. That's right. Uh, uh, maybe for like, maybe if if we ever like when G's done playing, and yeah, we should do a roast, and then we can do the yeah. roast of Giroux, and then bring it all up. That yes. would be great. That so would, if, would be. everybody listening, if there's ever a Claude Giroux roast, you will get the story firsthand and buy your yeah. tickets. <laughs> and it's and again, it's nothing even that bad. It's just kind of funny the way yeah, it ended up great. happening. But anyway, uh, uh, good stuff, Marty. I was uh, I was thinking I was. Me and Riley were talking, and I was like, uh, "You're, you're obviously you're on TV. You're, you're a very good talker, and you know the game real well. You played a long time." But uh, we were kidding around about every time we had practice, and if say there was a workout, kind of goes back to your tape and your gear. <clears throat> Marty never seemed to make it upstairs for those workouts. One because he had every media person around him. <laughs> you were best buddies with him, which was smart. So smart. Yes. Yeah. Um, they ate out of the palm of your hands. Dude, you could have let 12 in, and the next day the article would have been like, Biron needs help. These guys left him hanging. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but it was so funny. It took you so long to get that damn tape off. Boys were already showering and leaving. You're still getting the tape off your ankles. Uh yeah. And and looking back, I'll be honest with you. Like I tell my kid all the time, like, dude, you gotta get in the gym. It's not about getting strong, but it's uh, like and, and bulking up. It's about getting lean and getting flexible and do yoga and all of that. And I was so stubborn about it that like if you actually reminded me that the weight room was upstairs at the skate zone, because I never was there. Never. I never went upstairs. Yeah. I literally went from the showers in the lounge to Reggie Lemlin's office or goalie coach at the time to yeah. do a little video or whatever. And back to the locker room. That was my area. Everything else 
around this was foreign. I never went anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, for me, and I was meticulous with my equipment. Uh, some would call me high maintenance. And in the text that you sent me this morning, uh, Nasty, <laughs> yeah. you said you aim high maintenance a uh, little, uh, you know what? And I was like, no, 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 I'm, me I'm meticulous. So I like to spend time with my gear. Like yeah. when guys are working out, whatever, I'm there looking at my pads and my gloves. And if there's a strap that needed a little stitch in or a little fix in yeah. the skates, uh, the mask and all that, I spend the time on my equipment. Yeah. Um, now I almost wish somebody would have, you know, taken my gear away and said, no, you're not spending time on this. That's our job. And you do your thing, but you guys can let me do whatever I, I needed to do. Well, so, I was high maintenance for the equipment guy, but I was very low maintenance when it came to the uh, the the the, 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 the athletic guys, like yeah. the medical guys, because I was never injured. I was never in there for massages. I was never in there for treatments, and I wasn't in the gym. So they they never saw me. They're like, "Who's this guy walking around?" Basically, they didn't know it was me. Who's that monster walking up down the hallway? <laughs> I know exactly. One sixty five. No, but you know what, Marty? I wasn't making fun of the fact you didn't go up there because you you had a great career and and. And what you did worked. So, well, yeah. and, and, you know, now looking back and especially maybe the transition was different. Like Marty Brodeur never worked out. Right. right. He just yeah. did his thing. Yeah. And season. you go back to one off season, he ripped the bicep. Exactly. Like I, I, I played with Dominic Hasek. The guy like was flexible, was a freak of nature. He never really worked out once a month. He would go in the gym and he'd literally hit every machine in the gym. He'd do the chest pump, then he'd do the shoulder pull down, <laughs> then he'd do the legs where you kick him out and the hamstring. He'd do every machine in a row once a month. He'd be like, ah, good workout today, boys. And then he'd leave, right? And so for me, that was almost my mentality. Like those top goaltenders, they work at their game and their crafts and their equipment and all that. And the gym is for the players. Um, now it's completely different. Yeah. I yeah. mean, seriously, I the, and look at these athletes, like these goaltenders, the Vasilevskis and those yeah. guys. Uh, they are, uh, they're, they're, they're freaks. They're freaks they of nature. They're unbelievable. So it changed in my time. Uh, but the guys before me, and maybe I had a little bit of an old school mentality with that. Like I never saw the gym and I did in the summer, you know, just yeah. to keep myself in shape. But during the season, I felt like, I needed to just focus on my game and play my games. And then the gym was like something I didn't need to do. And it was you're wrong, right. but it, it worked. Well, you're well, really, you're right, though. That's a great point about how the game changed because so many aspects of it have changed. And, yeah. and we talk about that a lot. And you're right. There, there weren't goalies going up in there and, and doing all that stuff. You're right. So. I mean, well, that game's changed in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, when I started, there'd be a case of 24 beers in the back of the bus after oh. a game on the road on the way to the airport. And there'd be like 20 guys having a beer and four guys having two, right? That right. was 24 <laughs> beers gone like this. And then I remember at the end of my career, I'm with the Rangers and I'm the backup goalie. So I'm like, I, I'm going to do all these things. In Montreal, I ordered the dogs, you know, for oh, after yeah. the game. And, you know, we, wherever we were, I'd get the beers. And first time I put like 24 on the bus and I walked home with a case of 24 beers, literally like still in there. <laughs> They're all doing the recovery shakes. So by the end of it, I'd literally have a, a four pack on ice in the back of the bus and I'd have one. And I would put three in my bag and be going home with them. Like that's <laughs> nobody did that. Like it yeah. changed. It's totally changed. That's just 
recovery shakes and you know all of that like like whatever happened to sit and having a beer right it, oh, but it's yeah. not what it is it's completely different yeah yeah, yeah we've we've talked changed. to a couple guys too uh jvr recently and, and several others about like the evolution of training <clears throat> to your point um you know the heavy lifting back in that era remember like the squat racks the bench press yeah. uh, I, I know you were a heavy heavy bencher back in the day marty um you know to, 135 <laughs> about six or seven times yes hey that's impressive <laughs> if you can do that that's good you know to now it's like guys don't even lift weights it's all band work and plyos and again it's all recovery it's all maintenance and and just that longevity right it's just there's so much i see science to, to validate this stuff it's just uh it's, it's actually amazing because it's really what it's all about right i mean it's just about uh self-preservation and, and you know being able to stay functional and lengthen your career not just the here and now and you know pushing some weight around and and well, looking big in a I shirt remember our testing and training camp like i remember like johnny stevens had us do the three mile run i'm like right what is a three mile run gonna do for me yeah. in the crease like exactly. i ran it i got lapped twice by Braden Colbert. Oh, that one year, he runs, I, we called it. We started calling him Seabiscuit because the guy yeah, was running yeah. so fast on the track, right? Like, <laughs> and I and I remember the second year we went down to a two mile run, which was a little bit better. And by the time I got to the Rangers and John Tortorella was doing the same thing, we had to run two miles or whatever. I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm just gonna ride the bike. I'm like, I'm 35 years old right now. I don't need to go out and do two three mile runs and training camp. Like I know what I should do, and so I just ride the bike and. And kind of watch them run around but torch yeah. wasn't really happy about that but uh, we had a good relationship so we were yeah. okay i mean we, we that's another thing we talked about marty like just remember back in the day the guys just pounding their knees their joints on the oh. pavement running just silly like, just think about it it's just it's asinine really i mean if you right. if, but that's what you did I, I remember videos my dad used to show me of the team like back in the 80s and they're running on the you know the same thing they're doing all these runs and I mean, I guess that's just what you thought you did, you know. And the difference is in the 80s, they'd run, then they'd go back to the locker room, fire up a couple darts well, and crack open yep. a cold one, right? That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So at least at least I feel like I didn't do that. I didn't like uh, <laughs> fire up a couple of uh, uh, players light after the, after the game, <laughs> after the practice. So I, at least I was doing something healthy. Yeah, that's right. Know, so that was good. B Billy, Billy Barber and uh, Bobby Clark, uh, Bob Clark said that, you know, when they were going to camp, they were going to camp to get in shape because yeah. they didn't do a damn thing all summer. Now, as a player, it's a tw I mean, it's a 12 month a year deal for the most part, like especially like Riley said, maybe you take some time off, but the maintenance is probably something you still have to do. The stretching JVR is really, uh, really big into that. And, and it's like Riley mm -hmm. said to him the other day, he's he's getting better. Like he's you know, he had one of his best years this year, number wise. Um, tailed off a little at the end, but the team tailed off at the end. You know, they, they started struggling. Yeah, but individually, you could see. Like, look at Marc-Andre Fleury. The guy's getting older oh and he's getting better. Yeah. And I, yes, I used I to know. think, like, when he was younger, like, he did all of these things. Like, he took care of himself. He was, like, not an ounce of fat, and he was flexible. He'd be on the ice doing the splits, and I'd be like, what, showing off? You're doing the splits? <laughs> yeah. like, like, my body like is like, eh, I can't go harder <laughs> than this. But you now know, you're like, well, there's a reason why he's in the league so long and playing at a such a high level is because he took care of himself, took care of his body and prepared in such way physically. Um, you know, some guys mentally, they can do it. Some guys physically, they can do it. He has both, but that's why. That's why he's still around. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Sure, man. Yeah.
he's you're you're right. I mean, he's he's still playing at a high high level, man. Just can't play against the Flyers, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> had a few battles that way, but yeah. I, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up just cause I thought it was one of the funniest things ever. I don't know if you, you may remember this, Marty. So you had played with Eric Bolton, really tough yep. guy and, uh, and, uh, buff and, uh, Riles, I think we, you and I talked about this a while back, but one of the funniest things is so Marty's out there. Uh, it's a morning skate and, and, uh, Atlanta, we're playing mm-hmm. Atlanta and Bolton happened to be like leaned up on the wall there. They're doing drills and, and you're talking to him and, and me and Riley come walking out and Riles just kind of like looking over your shoulder and Marty says, Hey, Bolts, going to fight this guy later tonight. <laughs> and Riles is like, just standing there. like, <laughs> And then Bol- uh, Bolts looks at you and goes, huh, I don't want to fight anybody if I don't have to, you know, and I, and, Ry- and Riles is like, why the fuck do you say that, man? <laughs> like, at this point in time, it was so funny. And Marty's like, oh yeah, you, you guys are going to go. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. So when I came to Buffalo, their athletic trainer was Jim Pizzatelli. Yes. And Pizza used to do that every morning. Why? Because he had Rob Ray and he had Bobby Bugner and then he had Matt Barnaby and he had all these tough guys, right? He always Brad, Brad May. Brad May. So yeah. he would literally set up fights in the morning. He'd go up to the trainer of the other team and be like, Oh yeah, Raz- who do you want? Razor's gonna fight this guy, and then Mayday's gonna fight this guy. And he was like setting it up. Like it was fight night and he would set it up. Riley, so, he's not lying. This oh, I believe it. I believe it. So I would like kind of like almost have that mentality. Like it was like, let's set up tonight's action. Let's go. Hey, Bolts, I, I still see our boys play together. So Bolts oh, okay. and I are see each other all the time. And uh, he says that sometimes he'd be, he'd be like, why did you tell Eric Kearns I wanted to fight him? I'm like, because. Like, because I'm not going to do it. it. Yeah, like it. I. I want to be entertained. Let's go. So he used to tell me the same thing. So um, that's funny that you guys said that. And most likely because we were in Atlanta, I wasn't playing because I absolutely sucked in Atlanta. <laughs> and Nitty, Nitty Mackey was always great in Atlanta. He was he would, so good against Letton. I don't think uh, he ever lost a game against he, that guy. He, he never let Kovalchuk score. I remember this one game, like Kovalchuk in the last minute probably had 10 shots on goal, five of them one-timer, and he stopped them all. Yeah. Like he was always so good. So I was I was always sitting on the bench in Atlanta, and it's boring <laughs> because there's there's 5,000 people. I'm like, yeah. I need entertainment. So yeah. Riles and Bolts, you guys are going to provide me my entertainment for the night. So oh, I appreciate awesome. that. Sorry sorry, I put you in that spot. <laughs> no, it's all good. I know, I know Bolts is well, he was kind of tailing towards the end of his career there, and he, he probably he wanted nothing to eat. He wanted to muck it up, and I was, you know, in Atlanta there, just like, you know, the vibe was a little bit low, and I was like, I don't really want to do it. But then you teed it up, so then I had to, I had to get after it. Yeah. It's, so, uh, Riles, uh, Marty's bringing up uh, Jim Pizzatella. He was a, a medical guy there forever. He's the one that saved Clint Malarchuk. Oh, yeah. When he got, yeah. So, anyway, I meet Pizza. Uh, I had met him when I was a little bit younger with my dad. So, but my first year in Florida, Buffalo comes in and like he said, they had a tough team and, uh, <clears throat> Marty, you weren't, you weren't pro yet. Cause this was 93, 94. Yeah. It was the, it was the Florida's first season. So go through the practice. Um, I'm doing their laundry and I go into the Panthers locker room, which was very small in the Miami arena. And it was fairly close to where the visitors were. So I hear, I can hear Michael Jackson music, just blaring. <laughs> you know where I'm going, buddy. <clears throat> yep. So, and this is the true story, guys. So I'm like, 
who, you know, where's, where's that Michael Jackson music coming from? So I start walking down the hallway and as I get closer, I'm like, it's coming out of the Buffalo Buffalo's locker room. So I go walking in and I thought everyone had left, right? Cause ripping, ripping those guys with the eat, you know, they weren't missing lunch. Yeah. It's pizza <laughs> guys. If you're listening to this on Apple on a, a not watching on YouTube, you can't see what I'm doing, but he's walking around the room doing this. Like, like Michael Jackson yeah. got the hand going and I walk in and I'm like, this can't be real. Like I'm like kind of looking around, see if someone's video, you know, and I'm like, Hey, and he's like, Oh, what's up? And he like does a little shimmy. And I'm like, this is the medical guy for Buffalo. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you like Michael Jackson? He goes, that's my boy. That's my boy. And you know, pizza had an earring too. He had an oh, yeah. earring. <laughs> and, and uh, I'm like, I love Michael Jackson. I said, I can dance like him. And he's like, all right, let's go dance off right now. Me and Pizza had a dance off no in the middle way. of the locker. Oh yeah, I was doing my Michael. He was doing his. It was great, and he loved me ever since. So, like we were, we were like every time I saw him, like he's hugging me, uh, talk to him. But a uh, little bit later, he says, "Who who do you guys got down there? Who, who's who's tough?" And I said, "Well, I guess you know we have Brent Severin and Paul Laws is probably the toughest guy. You know, he's a D man." And he says, "Oh yeah," he goes, "You think you could take uh, Brad May?" And I, now this is my first year. I don't really know Brad May. I, I knew a, I knew who he was, but I didn't know enough about it. And I'm like, yeah, I think he could. You know, I'm just, you know, Panthers are my team. What am I yep. going to say? No. This motherfucker. <laughs> I, all the boys come in and they're all changed. They're in their underwear. And I come in. I'm like, you know, getting water bottles. I'm trying to set the bench up. I come back in and he goes, hey, Sudsy. Because they all called me Sudsy because of my dad. I didn't yep. have the nickname Nasty yet. And uh He's like, Sudsy, come here for a minute. And he's got Razor in there, uh, Brad May. I don't know who else you guys had but or the, who Buffalo had, but he's got Brad May standing there. And he goes, hey, uh, didn't you say, uh, tell, tell Brad what you said? And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, I'm a kid, man. I'm like 22, you know, it's my first first few weeks in the league. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, Brad May looks at me and goes, did you say Paul Laws could take me? And I'm like, I did. You know, what was I going to say? Like, I was like, I did. And I'm like, is this guy going to punch me in the fucking face? Because I don't know. You know, and he goes, he's like, I just messed with you, man. He goes, well, oh. tell him we'll go. Tell him we'll go. We'll see. And I'm like, I'm not telling him that. <laughs> like, I'm not telling him anything. But pizza, I'm like, you motherfucker. But he set fights up all the time. He well, was trying to set them up all the time. You guys know how the trainers and the medical guys, like they're the life. Like they keep the team together, right? Yeah. So and in and, and, and different ways. Like in Philly, like when we needed a big win, you knew Rock was coming in with oh, a back geez. in black ACDC CDs yeah. and he would stop whatever club gaggy we had going on because Simon Gagne was club in charge gag. of music and it was like techno, like club music. He would stop it and he'd put the back in black CD and he'd press play and he'd blow the speakers right out, right? Oh, like it was like so loud the building could shake. Well, a pizza was like that, but he had a crystal ball in the medical room. And when he wanted the guys to be fired up, he'd turn all the lights off. He had a spotlight on the crystal ball and it would sparkle all around the room. And he turned to Michael Jackson and he was by himself at the time. There yeah. was no, it wasn't like five or six medical guy it was one. So he'd be doing like treatments and massage and then he'd tape a an ankle and then, but he'd be dancing through the whole thing. <laughs> like that was his thing. Like we used to hang out in the room just to watch him go. Just to watch so the, yes. the, the trainers and the equipment guys, like they, they keep the, the team together. They glue it together. Oh, and that, yeah. That's why I loved you guys all the, like so much uh, from, from uh, 
you know, Cass and, and Rammer in New York to you and Bricks and Jimmy in, in, uh, in Philly to uh, Bogsy in Long Island with yeah. the Islanders to George and Rip and those guys in Buffalo. Like they were, you guys were almost my best friends. Like it was, yeah. you guys kept it going. Yeah, it's it, it's it's fun, man. That's I, I miss. That's the part I miss. I miss that the most. Just being around the boys and 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 the fun shit like that. That's uh, you, you just you never forget it. That's for sure. A lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, hey, already- Pete's. Pizza oh, used to make uh, those. Sorry, sorry, Rouse. Pizza used to make the robes too. Oh, and that started in Rochester. Pizza was the trainer, robes. the medical guy from Mike Keenan with the Rochester Americans. And he had a guy named Val James. And Val James oh, yeah. was about yeah. as tough as nail. He's the first um, African American to play in the National Hockey League. Like we all know that um, he was the first American black hockey player, basically. There's right. a few Canadians, but now he was the first American one. But Val James, so in Rochester, they used to pull the bus, the visiting bus would come in through a door. And they had to go down in the basement to the locker yep. room at the old war memorial. So what they would do when they could see the bus coming around the corner, they'd put up the sick table right there. Val James would come out in his robe, his boxer's robe with a cigarette. He had a dart in his mouth and he had the saw in his hand and a stick on the table and be cutting a stick. And all these 22 <laughs> year old kids, like just fresh off the farm would be coming in. Right. And they'd see Val James, like, oh. like cutting oh, sticks with a dart in his mouth. And they'd be like running down the stairs to like get out. Like, they'd be petrified. <laughs> So that's that's what pizza used to do, and you know those yeah. those types of games. That was that was great. Oh, that's classic. That would be terrifying to walk into a building and see that <laughs> as, a, as, as a as a fresh off the farm young young buck. Uh, I was going to ask you, Marty. There, there's there's yeah. a rule I read about that was introduced <laughs> with your name, the Biron rule. Yeah. What, what is up with um, that? So, I in ninety. Oh, I'm trying to think of the year ninety three ninety four. I played midget way up north in the province of Quebec, and uh, their their numbers were a little wacky. They 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 didn't have the regular numbers. They had high numbers in the eighties and nineties, and and one of the goalie number was double zero. So they're like, "Here you go," and they gave me like double zero for the goal uh, for the goalie for my, my number. And I had a great year. I you know I had a great year. I had goalie of the year that year. Um, as a 16 year old and then got drafted in the first round in the Quebec major junior hockey league. So then I go to Beauport, uh, in the queue and the trainer gives me the numbers double zero. So I'm like, this is great. Like, I love that number. I had a great year, great year. My first year in juniors, I get, you know, drafted first round in, in Buffalo. And then the next season at Christmas, I'm 18 years old. I get called up to Buffalo. All the goalies in Buffalo are injured. I come to Buffalo again, pizza, Jim Pizzatelli. I, he has a number made up and a Jersey made up in my stall at the Mellon arena in Pittsburgh. And it's got double zero. So I got to wear double zero. Right. And that, I thought it was so cool. Now I got lit up that night by Jagger <laughs> and all those guys, but still like I, I was 18 years old and I was living the dream. Right. I got yeah. to play uh, a half a period, three quarter of a period at the Montreal forum that year before they closed down the forum. And uh, I was that's, with that's Buffalo cool. for rocking zeros, rocking zeros, oh, double zero. Cool. And so that the next year I didn't get called up. And then the next year I turned pro and it's 98, 99. And in the, uh, in Rochester, Pete Rogers, who's now the uh, equipment guy in Nashville is you're not wearing double zero. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Pete, he goes, you're a rookie. You get the number you get. And number one is the number you're getting. So that year I had number one. 
the next season, 99-2000, they send a memo out saying the numbers have to be between 1 and 98. Wayne had just retired, and or I think he was about to retire, but they said 1 and 98, that's it. It was basically the Y2K bug. Like they were worried about computers and their programs crashing. And when they put zero, zero as my number, it didn't register. So no for way. my pension and my games played and all of that, it didn't register. And instead of fixing the computer program, they said, well, let's tell the kid he's not allowed to wear that number anymore. So I had to switch. So that's, that's the Buran rule was that's that crazy. nobody was allowed to wear double zero or zero as a number. Um, and so I changed to 43 uh, just because my brother was wearing 34 in juniors and it was a 34 was taken, but flipped the numbers over, whatever. Yeah. And I had a great year in Rochester that year. So I'm like, well, that's my number now. Like if I would have sucked in Rochester and I said, get that number off my back, <laughs> maybe I would have fought it, right? Maybe yeah. I would have said, I want my double zero back. Yeah. Uh, but 43 worked. And so I kept 43. And luckily I got to wear it everywhere I went. It wasn't a popular number. Yeah. I got to Philly. There was no 43. I got to Long Island. There was no 43 Rangers. There was no 43. So I got to wear it everywhere. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So, so basically you and Gretz are <laughs> yeah. the only two guys that, you know, your number basically forever. I mean, if you, I know you're a pretty humble guy. You don't want to say it, but that's really what it comes down to. We're basically Wayne and I are best friends. Let's just I, put it that way. I figured that. Oh, we should be. We yeah, should be yeah. just because of that. I, I think he needs to be made aware of the fact that it's just you and him. That have their that's impressive. Their, story, their yeah. numbers, their numbers retired throughout the whole NHL. <laughs> it's the way it is. I don't know that my numbers retired. It just nobody can wear it. Nobody there's can a, wear it. So it's there's a difference between the two. Of them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's the truth, man. Right on, Marty. Well, I know you got to get rocking here. You got uh, big NHL Tonight Show or NHL Network. Yeah, I got a few. Sure. See, that's what's fun is that. Being in the media, I'll tell you this. If I was not in the media, I probably wouldn't have been able to kept in touch with so many of my former teammates or guys I played against. Uh, and that's the part that I love so much. So today we're getting ready. So what are we today? Wednesday, getting ready to jump on NHL Network Radio, uh, you know, for three hours of radio. So during that time, we're going to get Brian Boucher on. We're going to get Mike Rupp on. We're oh, going to cool. get Anthony Stewart. Who else nice. we're getting? Mark Denny. So they're all people I know. I'm like, but I know them. Why? Because the business, right? Like yeah. I see right. Boosh and I see Rupper and those guys. And, and we talk about, you know, when I see Rupper, I always talk about his Jagger salute when I was yeah. with the Rangers <laughs> yeah. and we played the Winter Classic in Philly. And, you know, we, we laugh about that stuff. But the media side has kept me in touch with so many people that that's what is so good about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would have been able to, or as a goalie, you're kind of, kind of separate from the rest a little bit. Like you, 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 you play with like Rouse, you're on the line with a couple of guys and you know, you kind of keep in touch with them or you play against them. You always talk to them as a goalie. You're, you're not, you don't have that relationship with the guys the same way. Uh, but you still want to be a part of, of what's going on. So the media sure. side kind of allows me to do that. It's, it's really, really cool for that. That's cool. That is yeah. awesome. Uh, Marty, before I forget, I, I, I wrote this down because I wanted to ask you your last, the last game you played, I was shocked when you retired, like yep. in, in the season, um, was your last game in San Jose? No, it was my second last game. So 
Okay. It's funny because um, that year, um, you know, like the family was in Buffalo. I was going back to New York and um, my, my daughter, Emily, who was my third kid, was starting kindergarten and her and I are pretty tight. And it was hard to put her on the bus that day and then drive to New York for camp, right? Like our right. first day of kindergarten, they're like, hey, honey, have fun at school. I won't be here when you return, right? Basically is what, and I drove yeah. to New York for camp. Camp was long. She was, she was struggling the adjustment with school. I felt really guilty about it. And uh, we started the season and it was basically going to be my last year. It was going to be my last season because my contract was up. I was 36 years old. I'm like, you know what? Like probably going to just make it my last year. And uh, we go out West and we, we play, uh, we played LA, we played Arizona and then we go into San Jose. I haven't played yet that year. Right. I, you know, I haven't played a game yet. And Hank gets pulled, I go in, and all of a sudden, the Sharks are just feasting. It's like a massive, <laughs> well, like, that, feast that, from the that, San Jose Sharks. That's part of the reason. I was going to ask you, did you just shut down because Thomas Hurdle scored the goal through his leg? No, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I, was, I was mentally probably shutting down as it all happened. And then this Hurdle goal happened. And I, I really, to be honest with you, what I said to myself after is, like, just make the damn save. Like, really, it's not a, neat, a hard save to make. Like I, like, I was almost in the back of the net by the time he, like, put it through his legs. Like, I, <laughs> I look at it, I'm like, I was a, a, a PWC goalie, like, playing in the National Hockey League. Like, I just, my, my body, my mind was not in the game at all. Right. So then the next day, we have a morning skate in Anaheim. And I remember Alain Vigneault, who's the coach now in Philly, and he's, like, comes over to me and he goes, that was rough. That was really rough the other night. And I talked to Glenn, Glenn Sater, and he goes, if that happens again and you're not prepared to play at any moment, doesn't matter if you're starting or not, like you're going to, you, you're being sent down. And I'm like, I, like, come on. I knew him. I'm like, yeah, it's, it was a tough situation. You know, I, it's hard for me right now. I'm going to put myself in it. I'm, I'm going to give you everything I got. So he goes, okay, good. You're going to start in St. Louis, not the next game, the game after. So we play Anaheim get lit up in Anaheim again. Like we had a tough start this season. And then we go to St. Louis and I start the game. And again, like pucks are just going in left and right. Like I remember, <laughs> oh, was it Perron took a wrist shot really from the blue line entering the zone and he beat me on the blocker side. I got pulled after the second period. And I remember after the game, we had a day off the next day. I flew to Buffalo. My parents were in town watching the kids, sat down with my dad. I said, I, I I'm not feeling it, dad. Like, I'm, I, I think I'm done. And he goes, son, you, you know it. Like, if, it's, if in your heart you're done, you've never been done. You've been playing hockey since the time you're five years old. You're yeah. 36 years old. You've always loved it. But if you're telling me you're done right now, then you're done. You're done. You know? And I yeah. said, you know what? But I, to, for myself, I got to give me my, myself like one more kick at it. So I'm going to go back to New York. And I'm going to practice tomorrow. And I'll see how I feel after it. And the first five minutes, I was like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden, I was like, I'm faking it. I'm faking it. I'm not feeling good. I love the game of hockey, but I hate this right now. Yeah. And I walked out and I went to, uh, to Glenn and, and LA and I said, uh, I need to go home and really think this through. But chances are, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And he yeah. said, okay, go home. Take the time you, uh, you want. 
went home a couple of days later. I called him. I said, I'm retiring and yeah. I made the call. So it wasn't the hurdle goal and it wasn't was the this game. No, <laughs> because it was kidding. funny. I Saturday night, the next, the next Saturday night, I'm watching Hockey Night in Canada, right? I'm yeah. like at home watching Hockey Night in Canada. Don Cherry comes on and he goes, Oh, you know what? That's bullshit. Like that to hurt old kid. He put Marty Biron in retirement for doing this. <laughs> he should beat him up. He should beat that hurt old kid up. Like he didn't like the showboating aspect of it. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't retire because of it. Like I love this stuff. I love that. You know, Merrick Malik put it through his leg and hurt yeah. it. All the kids are doing yeah. it now. Yeah. But it, it wasn't that. I that summer going into camp, my mind, body, soul wasn't in it. Yeah. And my mind, body, soul was into doing something else. And I jumped right into the media and doing some on ice uh, goalie coaching. And I loved it. And that's what I did. And I've, I think I can do it for the next 30 years. I really, really love it that much. Beauty. Awesome. Yeah, man. Awesome. Follow your heart. It's good. Uh, it's good yeah, insight. It's good but if advice, you see man. Hurdle, if you see Hurdle <laughs> anywhere, punch him for me. Like, yeah. just, like, I I'm, punch. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't get it. If you knew you were almost there, you should have just too hard. I oh, yeah, signed a stick. I no, literally later that that season I was covering the Rangers with MSG and cast this, the the equipment guy in New York. Yeah. He goes, Marty, can you sign a stick? And I'm like, sure, I sign a stick. And then San Jose's in town, and uh, the boys from San Jose, I, I don't remember, I think it was Thornton or Marlowe. They're like, hey, that's all. It's pretty cool. You gave uh, the kid a stick, and I'm like, what, what stick? I didn't give a kid any stick. He goes, oh, Hurdle got one of your signed stick, and I'm like, Cass. You didn't tell me what that was for, right? <laughs> you just said sign here. And, but I, I kind of think that's cool, right? Like it the is kid cool. is a pretty good cool. hockey player. Yeah, it's and he not scored bad. a pretty big goal. And he's like, like here bad. you go. Get a stick. So that's cool. Did he, yeah, have a, he had a hat trick that night. I mean, he, he had he, four. He, he had four. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was the fourth big, one. Yeah, that was the fourth one. <laughs> and he, he never played after were, that. Yeah, the other ones were too easy. Let me try something harder. Yeah, let me try a little tougher. He didn't play after that. The boys from San Jose, they're like, Boys, uh, he's not going to see the ice after. He, that's not going to happen. Because it was still a little bit of that old school back yeah. then. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Our yeah. boys in New York were like, put him on the ice so he can kick his ass, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, they kept him on the bench. So, <laughs> Smart. Yeah. yeah, he has turned into a pretty big – he's a big kid. God, he's a, he's yeah, a, he's a, he's a big boy. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, just anyway. like me, about 205. Yeah, I, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Big guy. Yeah. I can tell your traps. You're like, I can tell you. Oh, yeah, I feel right out. <laughs> I took a picture with Danny V to uh, the golf tournament Monday. Yeah, in the picture, guy. you can steal a little bit of my man boob. I'm like, I better get some <laughs> some uh, workout going. Push, so Push-ups, Marty Mar. Push-ups. That's uh, all. Yes. Body weight. Body weight. I got to eat the uh, the kale and the seeds and the berries like yeah, Riles does. Go yeah, out, yeah. Go out back. Just go out back. Just go out back. It's all growing in your backyard there, man. Mushrooms, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's man. awesome, guys. Oh, thanks Beautiful. a lot for having me. That's great. I got to run to do the radio. But listen, next year or whatever, we got plenty more stories. We just scratched the surface. Yeah. Like, I we agree. got more. So we'll have to do it again at some other point. And, and uh, yeah, let's make this uh, happening again at, at some point down the future. For sure, let's man. Do it. We really do appreciate your time, brother. Yeah, great seeing you, brother. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Take All right. care, man. Take care. That episode was brought to you by Settlemeyer Skate Sharpening. For all your hockey needs and the best grind in town, visit Nasty at SettlemeyerSkateSharpening.com. Howie's got the steel. Howie's got it, baby. And Body Check Wellness for your premium hemp-derived CBD and functional mushrooms. Check out BodyCheckWellness.com. 
And thanks to our awesome guests, Marty Marr, Marty Biron, for hopping on with us. Uh, great to see Marty. Marty and he hasn't changed one bit. He Man, can hold a he conversation looks... like the best of them. <laughs> okay, we got to just let him talk. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, we didn't need that's, us. That's, that's Marty. That's what I love about him, man. He, <laughs> yeah. I, literally, we have, we have to have him in studio still. Definitely. There's so much more. That's so what he was saying. You know, we just scratched the surface. There's so many good stories while he was here. And um, he was such a fun guy to be around. Man, he he's one of those dudes. I mean, you can tell by him talking to us. He's just happy, man. He's yeah. always, he's always happy. He's just fun to be around. Makes you feel good. He's a great guy, man. Love it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think more people need to kind of follow the way he 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 lives and yeah. you know, how he is because you know he he. There's no bad days for Marty Mara. You know, I don't remember him having <laughs> a bad true. day. Even if he's frustrated, he surely don't show it. And um, just a positive uh, human, really. I mean, he, yeah. to have the media eating out of his hand like that and keeping a positive face, being a goaltender in a big market like Philly, probably not an easy thing to do, but he somehow found no. a way to, to, to keep it he, loose and, and fun. So props to yeah, him. Yeah, he did. He did, man. He was... Uh, he did have that meeting out of the palm of his hands. It was great. He never he never played a bad game in Philly, you know, no. <laughs> like he never did in the papers or anything, <laughs> no. which is great. He was awesome. He did a great job while he was here, man. He really did. Uh, yeah. You know, we went to the conference finals and all that stuff like we talked about. So he played well for us. Yeah, he did. Good guy. Good yep. teammate. Obviously, yeah. if he's willing to go fight Ray Emery, the yep. late great. I still think there's something wrong with even thinking about doing that, but uh, <laughs> being 165 uh, pounds soaking wet and, and, and Ray, like tackling the uh, the heavyweight yeah. champ of the goaltending in the league. Oh my god! And he, you know what? You could have probably put Ray in with the tough guys. Oh yeah, legit. We're just yeah. players. Like obviously, he had the the big uh, chest protector on and all that. I mean, we saw the fight with him and Josh Gratton, and oh, they're yeah. just throwing toe to toe, and Ray's like smiling. Oh yeah, I'm like, loved it. and he was smiling. Poor Marty, he's just like, Woo. yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Petey, come on over. This yeah, exactly. I think he's smiling. <laughs> you know, Marty Petey after too. Yeah, my guy was awesome, man. He was awesome. Yeah. But anyway, Marty's Marty's great, man. It was so nice to have him on. Yeah, for sure. And he's uh, he's found his niche in the media world. I mean, that's exactly yeah. where he belongs. He surprise. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> shocker of the world. Is, yeah, right? I can't believe he talks so much. Yeah. <laughs> No, he can hold his show. He can hold his own show just by himself. He doesn't need a, he doesn't no, need a, right. he can do a gate. He doesn't need a color guy. He doesn't need anyone. He just do it. Yeah. He's uh, but he's good moment. at it. He does a real, yeah, he does a really good job. Yeah. Actually, he so yeah, he keeps it real. He's got some good stories. He, he makes fun of himself. He's honest. Yeah. You know, it's uh he's, he's seen the game evolve. And we talked about that. So it's, uh, it's good to see him, you know, to, to have a success in it, in his post career and really yeah. find his groove. Cause obviously, I mean, talking is, is yeah bread and butter so it sure is lot, right it sure is he's he's uh he's really good at that but he he knows what he's talking about too though it's not like he's just running his mouth he's uh exactly you know he, yeah. he's uh he's really he, he does a really good job so i agree props to him and appreciate him coming on with us man it was yeah awesome. it, was, it was great to reconnect all right nast well that wraps up episode 31 with marty mar marty biron be sure to tune in next week for episode 32 have a great week knuckleheads and stay safe see you knuckleheads